India Walton is a socialist running for mayor in Buffalo. She already won the Democratic primary, but now the forces of capital are aligning against her. We talk later with the editor at StrikeWave, Connor Lewis, about why Walton's politics are popular in Buffalo and the challenges she faces. Connor co-wrote several recent pieces on Walton's campaign. Those articles are over at truthout.org. Do, do you root for the bills? Unfortunately, yeah. <laughs> well, now, fortunately. I mean, I guess they always have well, a tough, yeah, I guess, tough conference. Yeah, but, you know. yeah well... For the first time ever, uh, I'm going to wait to see if the season goes well to see if it was a fluke. I'm... Are the Sabers supposed to be? Are the Sabers supposed to be good this season? Are you not a hockey fan? I'm actually more of a hockey fan than a uh, Bills fan. My my grandfather had season tickets for the Sabers since they've been a team. Uh, mm. He finally gave them up because they're so damn bad. Mm. Yeah, I, re- I remember watching back in the Hashik days. Man, they they were. Oh good then. yeah. The glory days. Yeah, unfortunately, those are long gone. <laughs> All right. So, Connor, the left was pumped for the city of Buffalo after its Democratic mayoral primary because the election was won by Democratic Socialist India Walton, who defeated incumbent mayor Byron Brown, who had been in power since 2006. But rather than say vote blue no matter who, Brown refused to give up his bid for re-election how is he trying to stay in office and what role are city lawmakers playing in all of this? So, you know, I think that most folks uh, that are familiar with Buffalo know that there's very little reason ever to root for something going on in Buffalo. So uh, (laughs) this has been a pleasant uh, surprise. I think that, so Byron Brown, of course, launched a writing campaign, uh, which, you know, is, had some false starts and there's some questions about the viability, but um, it seems like there's still um, quite a bit of support for him to continue this through to November. And the most recent kind of thing is that, first off, he started his um, writing campaign. He launched it with three members of the Buffalo Common Council uh, that were actually present with him when he launched it. Uh, Now it looks like they're attempting to, as potentially a hedge against him losing, uh, explore the question of actually doing away with the mayoral system altogether and going more toward a city manager system, which is common throughout the United States, but not for a city of Buffalo size. Uh, I have to say that kind of sounds like a legislative coup. Yeah, you know, I think that's fair to say, you know, it's, it's a little bit difficult to unpack exactly what the motivation is. Um, There are certainly some Brown loyalists that may view this as a hedge. So actually some of his supporters on the Common Council have been a little bit more cautious about it. Another way to view it is that realistically, Byron Brown has been mayor for what, about 15 years or so, and has really basically run Buffalo politics. And there are some people on the Common Council that may have been aligned with him, but aren't necessarily strong supporters that may be viewing this as an opportunity to basically look, he's out of office. We're just going to get rid of the system altogether. And yeah, exactly what you said, a legislative coup. So I think that both, both positions are kind of aligning. So how, how popular would such a move be? I mean, Walton did win a democratic primary. She did. I'm not sure what the the voter turnout was or um, like, how much she can point to this as like 
a mandate or whatever to be the nominee to be a mayor um, versus people in the city being like, mm, maybe we don't need a mayor. Yeah, you know, I, I can't remember the turnout figures off the top of my head. It was when you when you consider that New York has a closed primary system, um, and so it was restricted to Democratic voters, um, it wasn't terrible turnout for a municipal primary. Um, I think it was in the ballpark of maybe about 20%, but don't quote me on that, which is, isn't high, but isn't terrible. Um, so I wouldn't say that it's really necessarily a mandate. Um, I do think, however, that trying to get away with the, get rid of the mayoral system altogether is overreach. I mean, that would have to be approved by voters. And I just don't see Buffalo voters going for that. Um, I, I just, it's so transparently reads like overreach that I think that you're going to have a lot of backlash against it if it ever actually ends up on the ballot. But the report that so what they actually did, the Common Council, is they commissioned a report to investigate what it would look like to actually do away with this system. And that report is due, I think, just about two weeks, two or three weeks ahead of the election. So even if they don't end up doing it, it's going to be a distraction heading into the get out the vote period for the Walton campaign. They're going to have to talk about this report and not about their message. And it'll likely be a political document, the report about, you know, you'll have a better life. Uh, we'll have better city services and lower taxes or something. They'll just make shit up to make it sound more appealing. Yeah. And, you know, I, I wouldn't be surprised if a lot of the content of the report, you know, directly or indirectly reads as kind of a vindication of the way that Brown has kind of managed the neoliberal kind of quote unquote revitalization of Buffalo, which the reality is it has not been a revitalization. Um, superficially, you know, just in the past 10 years, I can see a huge difference in Buffalo uh, as far as like businesses, but the actual like day-to-day -day reality for residents of Buffalo has not changed. So that clearly seems to have driven uh, some of the uh, movement to elect India Walton. What is it about her agenda that, uh, scare, that, that scares Buffalo's ruling class so much to the point where um, you know, you have people on the on the common council floating the idea of uh, axing the mayor's office. So one of the big things in Buffalo is land. I mean, that's a big thing everywhere, but especially in Buffalo, which keep in mind that this is a city that the population right now is closer to what it was in 1900 than what it was in 1950. I mean, depopulation because of... Um, a mixture of kind of um, white flight to the suburbs and just the collapse of the steel industry and various heavy industries. Um, I mean, in the 70s, they were knocking buildings down constantly um, just because of, you know, the city was hollowed out, literally, like literally was hollowed out. Um, and so one of the big things has been development and you have a ton of big money going into developing, especially the harbor front, which uh, Terry Pagula, the owner of the Bills and the Sabres, uh, who's also a Penn State alumni who made his money on fracking, uh, has funneled a ton of money into projects on the waterfront. And so land use, housing, um, a lot of these things are big hot button issues. And one of the things that developers have gotten is a lot of tax incentives. Um, that have been run through New York State programs uh, that, you know, there's municipal control over exactly how those are administered. 
And Byron Brown has been happy to sign off on tax abatements, that kind of thing. And so there's all this development, but none of it is actually really going into the city's coffers. And I think that's the big thing is realistically, the development one hasn't benefited municipal services or the municipal budget. And two, housing is still a significant concern and infrastructure, especially, which hasn't, hasn't really kept up with the development of Buffalo, um, which has a negative impact for actual residents of the city. So I think it all gets down to the question of development, gentrification. You also have a lot of people being displaced uh, because of more and more kind of like um, professionals moving downtown or moving into places like North Buffalo, which were previously predominantly black neighborhoods. Um, land, housing, like all of these things are really kind of at the heart of this. And I think a lot of developers look at India Walton and see someone who's campaigned for more community land trusts, has campaigned for more affordable housing, and has been much more skeptical of development. And they see a significant threat to something that's been, you know, a reliable source of capital for them. And she did really well with renters uh, in the city uh, electorally, I saw. Um, you mentioned Pagula, who owns the Bills and the Sabres. I saw a few weeks ago that he was threatening to take the team down to Texas, Buffalo Bills down to Texas, unless the city approves of a new billion dollar stadium um, for both the Bills and the Sabres. Uh, I didn't I didn't when I saw that story, I, you know, I, I just thought the sports owner being a dick as usual. I, but I didn't put it in the context of what's going on in Buffalo politics and how Pagula likely is 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 using this almost as a threat against Walton as a mayor. Like, oh, well, if you want Walton to be the mayor, you're going to lose your football team. Yeah. You know, the second that Walton won the primary, I was like, I'm just waiting for Pagula like for this to impact the discussions for a new built stadium. Um, it took a little bit longer than I was expecting, but it happened. Um, you know, I think that that's a really tough swallow for a lot of folks, because especially I remember when Pagula bought the Sabres and bought the Bills. And one of the big key things was, look, this is a guy that has a ton of money that's committed to keeping the teams in Buffalo. Um, and I think that the threat of them leaving is a really, really big piece of leverage um, that whether or not it necessarily benefits, you know, Byron Brown, I think it definitely puts India Walton in a really bad position. Um, it's going to impact, I think, the Sabres discussion a little bit more because I think that ultimately with the Bills Stadium, the preference is to locate it in Orchard Park. So it's going to be a little bit less impact on the city of Buffalo itself and more kind of the Erie County Legislature, which is still pretty reliably kind of like a centrist, um, moderate Democrat kind of stronghold. Um, but I mean, they're talking about some pretty significant renovations to um, the Sabre Stadium, which was just built in like 96. And they're expecting, nope, city's going to pay for this. Like, this is all going to be publicly funded. Like, we're not paying a cent, which, mm. I mean, is a really big about face for Pagula, who was touting the Harbor Center, which was built downtown as, look at this, I'm paying for all of this. You got a lot of tax incentives. Look how much I love the city of Buffalo. Who are uh, some other unsavory supporters of uh, Mayor Brown? Because it, it sounds like he's getting a substantial 
uh, boost from Republican supporters who are tend to be slimy, to say the least. Yeah, you know, I think that one of the big ones that is Brown is smart enough to keep this um, kind of quiet. But I mean, Carl Palladino is going to be one of his biggest backers. And Brown has taken a lot of financial support from Palladino in the past. It hasn't been directly from him. Uh, it's been through his Ellicott Development Company, which is one of the big development companies in Buffalo. And it's been in the form of like in-kind donations, like we're going to donate the facility fee for you to have your fundraiser at one of our properties and that kind of thing. So Palladino has been a big supporter of Brown's indirectly in ways that aren't as easy to directly kind of track to him. And I expect that he's going to be a huge supporter of Brown moving forward. And also that even if he's not going to give money um, directly, I'm assuming that the Brown campaign is relying on the fact that a lot of these Republican, you know, millionaires, billionaires, development, you know, development moguls and that kind of thing are going to be funneling money into independent expenditure, independent expenditures supporting him. Um, that way he can have his hands off of it, but he's still going to be relying on it to get people to write him in. Connor, any predictions how this is all going to shake out? I think I saw one poll that showed uh, Brown with a, with a sizable lead in, uh, in, you know, in a general election. Um, and honestly, the, the threat of a slimy sports owner um basically threatening to move the teams out of town if if the socialist wins um really sends a shiver down my spine any any view of or any prediction rather about how the next few months things are going to play out so i think that there are a couple of x factors that could impact it i would say that as of today i would still give walton a slight edge simply because i don't think that the polling is wrong i think that probably is unfortunately, a pretty good measure of where the majority of residents of Buffalo are at. I think that the reality is that where people are at and what actually happens with voter behavior are two different things. Because again, Brown's name isn't going to be on the ballot. He's got to convince people to actually write him in and get that message out and turn out for that. And so I think that's going to be his biggest barrier is he's got to, even if he has more support, He's got that disadvantage to overcome. On top of that, um, I think that there are a lot of X factors that could influence this. So Kathy Hochul uh, taking over as um, governor is going to be a potential game changer, depending on how this plays out, because she's now the most powerful um, Democratic politician, well, Democratic politician from Erie County in a long, long time and the most powerful politician period from Erie County since probably Jack Kemp. So, and she also needs to shore up her left flank ahead of a potential primary. If she starts making some overtures toward Walton, I mean, that that's a possibility and it could be a huge game changer for Walton. So, I mean, I think that there are some things that could happen that could benefit Walton and really sew this up before November, but I would say that if I'm India Walton right now, I'm working hard because I don't think that this is in the bag. Yeah. And her message might be even more appealing, unfortunately, come November when you have a, a time when we could see 
the eviction moratorium not existing and unemployment benefits zeroed out back out to where they were, um, people could be even more desperate for a candidate promising, you know, housing for people. Yeah, yeah, for sure. It, it, it And is there also not a little bit of a Cuomo factor? I, it, Brown was friends with Cuomo or it has been close with Cuomo and it's possible some of this, I mean, it, it maybe that's a bit of a stretch. I don't know. Yeah, you know, he, he has been kind of Cuomo's, probably one of his biggest lieutenants, I guess, uh, upstate. He's been able to maintain a certain level of critical distance from Cuomo, even though he's been, at least perception-wise, even though he's a big ally of Cuomo. So, I mean, I think that certainly the Walton campaign could probably tag him with that. Um, and there's a lot of good investigative journalism in Erie County that may zero in on that connection uh, in the next couple of months. I think that maybe the X factor there is that the sad reality is that even with the Tish James report and even with the overwhelming majority of um, Democratic politicians in New York and Republicans, of course, coming out for Cuomo to resign, um, there's still more support for him than I think anyone would like there to be. So that might be um, that might limit how much that attack lands. Yeah, the the MSNBC liberal is still having a hard time yeah. uh, breaking up with Cuomo. Connor Lewis, uh, do you, go ahead and plug. I think you have a newsletter, right? Yeah, you send out. Yeah, so um, I uh, also edit for uh, edit for and uh, write for the labor publication Strikewave. Uh, so um, folks can sign up to that. Uh, you can look at our website, thestrikewave.com. Uh, follow us on Twitter. And we just cover labor issues, um, uh, union issues. Um, I would say that we do pretty good work, but I'm biased. One last question, Connor. What are, what are the bills going to go this year? Nine and seven, eight and eight, ten and six? Oh, God. So after after last season, I don't know, like every single time, um, every single year, Bills fans are like, nope, not going to get my expectations up. Second preseason starts. Nope, we're going to go all the way. I'm trying to ratchet them in because I'm like, it would be perfectly on brand for the Bills to have a great season and get everyone's hopes up and then just fall off a cliff. So I'm going to wait for the first couple of games, but I'm cautiously optimistic. I'll put it that way. They're playing 17 games this season, aren't they? Isn't then they add a game to the schedule? Yep. So I, I'm saying 13, I don't know. I'm not even an NFL fan, really. So. 13 and four, and uh, losing in a thriller AFC Championship to the Chiefs. Yeah, you know, if I if I had to if I had to stick my name to a uh, to a prediction, I'd say that's a good one. <laughs> we'll 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 address this at the uh, end of the season again. And hopefully you'll all have a socialist mayor and we'll at least uh, have that to rely on. You might not have the bills anymore, but we'll have a socialist yeah. mayor. <laughs> Look, if a, a Stanley Cup, a Lombardi, a socialist mayor, I'll take any one or all of the above. There we go. Just give me one of them. <laughs> Thanks, Connor.